Bored at work? Your imagination needs stimulation? Don't hit that touch screen. You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Stick around. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Welcome to the Sonic Society Season 11 release. I'm Jack Ward with... David Altz. Hello, and, everyone. And tonight's <laughs> double feature is Red Panda, The Final Problem, and... Featherheads from Strangeness in Space. Something ending and something beginning, which is all well and good as we are into our second decade of the Sonic Society. Thanks again wow. for being my co-host david it's so good to have you back it's an absolute pleasure jack it's been it's been a wonderful summer stock season and uh, i i think season 10 was brilliant i I really enjoyed it i mean i know i said that in our wrap-up show but uh (laughs) i think it's season 11 is just going to get better and better we do i mean every year it seems to be that we get better and better and and more interesting content and more diverse stuff and i I just i just think i think people are are, are getting to be more uh they're they're really grabbing hold of the audio medium now it's it's really becoming quite a, a dynamic form and, and because of that, we've just got so much more content out there to be able to choose from. I agree. And tonight is no different. We have two big features, and so not a lot of chat on our side of things. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start off with the Red Panda, as we usually like to start off with Decoder Ring. This is a very special Red Panda, as it is the final solution, or the final problem specifically, I should say. <laughs> final solution sounds a little too Nazi-esque for World War II. Uh, a little bit too show. Holmesian as well, isn't it? That's true, <laughs> which is a lot less dire when you think about it. And yes. <laughs> uh, in in the Red Panda, this this conversation we had with Greg Taylor in the Sonic Speaks uh, version and, and on Sunday night, uh, Greg and I had a good conversation about the final problem of the mm-hmm. Red Panda. And I don't want to spoil too much more because I know this is going to be new for you too. Uh, uh, you hadn't had a chance to listen to it yourself. No, not and, yet, no. And uh, which is perfect because I haven't had a chance to listen to our second show, which I'll get you to talk about <laughs> yep, at the yep, end of the program. Right. So we'll go right into the final problem with the Red Panda in here on the Sonic Society. And now, Decoder Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious masked marvel, hides his true identity of August Fenwick, one of the city's wealthiest men, in his never-ending battle against the forces of darkness and oppression. Together with his wife and partner, Kit Baxter Fenwick, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, he fights a private war that evildoers everywhere shall know justice at the hands of the Red Panda! This episode, The Final Problem! Oh, hello, darling. Hello, yourself. Didn't expect you home so early. So I see. Weston was extremely reluctant to tell me you were down in the crime lab. I think he expects us to have a domestic over it. Well, then let's defy expectations, shall we? Besides, I'm not heroing. I'm actively retiring. Yeah, about that. I mean it. Take a look. I've been drawing up some plans for what we might do about the pneumatic tubes. Gus. I mean, they're no danger just now, but Toronto is a growing city. It won't do to have them discovered and traced back here. Sweetie. You see, a series of microcharges will shatter the tubes themselves into fragments, but leave the structural integrity of the tunnels themselves. Okay, yes, shut up a minute. Then we collapse the tunnels at certain key points along the routes where we can do so without causing surface damage. Red Panda! Well, that got your attention anyway. Yes. Well, old habits die hard. Let's hope they're not the only things. Here. What is this? Arrived at the Chronicle office an hour ago. Editor Purley is running a special edition. I thought you'd like a preview. Keep talking, I can hear you. I just uh, need to step in here for a minute. 
to the people of Toronto, well, you obsess like fawning children over your shiny new toy, you have committed a terrible crime. Your flying fool will never be half as much fun as that masked meddler whom you have forgotten so quickly. But if the Red Panda has abandoned our game, he has abandoned you too, and you will suffer terribly for it. His minion shall become my army, and I will bring a rain of terror down upon your ungrateful heads until the old fool himself steps from the shadows to take his final bow. Take heed, Red Panda. The game is never over until I, the Mad Monkey, say that it is. Well. Yeah. Reads pretty genuine, don't it? I'm afraid that it does. The Mad Monkey has styled himself as my nemesis for years. He's even fought at our side to prevent others from killing us first. He was never going to let us slip away quietly. I'm afraid there may be one immovable object between ourselves and the sunset we'd like to ride off into. Well then, let's introduce it to the irresistible force. What do you say? I have missed that outfit, you know. Still got it? In spades. So, what does Crazy Joe mean about your minions? Think he's after the agents? They're mostly retired too, but there's an army's worth of them, all right. No. He's never cared about the supporting cast. He barely acknowledges you. As long as you and I know that I am actually the star of the show. There's never been any doubt. But I'm afraid the monkey has something else in mind. Something far worse. We'd better go. Then you'd better put your face on. Here. Ah. Yes. Him. Well, darling? Once more with feeling? Swing it, Daddy-O. Dr. Chronopolis? Good Godfrey, what happened in here? Place looks like a tornado hit it. Even more than usual. Over there. Dr. C? Dr. C, are you okay? What? Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, child. Yes, or, or at least I feel certain that I will be. Is there a terrible ringing noise in here? Not that I'm aware of. It must just be my head, then. Come on, let me help you up. Oh, my dear. But, but the masks. Uh, I, I thought that we weren't doing that anymore. So did we. The Mad Monkey had other ideas. The Mad Monkey? Yes, that, that was his name. I, I knew it was something alliterative. He was here? He did this. I'm afraid so, my dear. So he is after our friends. I don't think so. Look at this device. Sweetie, this place is lousy with widgets and doodads. What makes this one so special? It's crudely constructed. Lacks that special Chronopolis elan. Also, it seems to be held together with tape here and here. Oh, good. Banana Brains is a sinister science villain now? No, but he's certainly picked up a few tricks. This is a short-range energy detector keyed to a very specific frequency... The Mad Monkey was looking for something in particular, and he had worked out how to follow it here. Doc, look around. Is anything missing? Uh, Robert will know better than I. He's always... Uh... Oh, dear. Where's Robert got to? Uh-oh. It's all terribly unclear. He, your Mad Monkey friend, he had some sort of mental sway. Mind control. His power is limited. He couldn't have taken you both. But he could keep one of you under his thumb if he needed to. So why did he need to? And why take the assistant rather than the mad scientist? No offense. None taken. So what did Robert have that Dr. C didn't? And how does it translate into an army for the mad monkey? An army, you say? Oh, dear. What is it? Oh, dear. It couldn't be. It... Couldn't be. Dr. C, what is it? What was in here? I always had a bad feeling about keeping them, but Robert insisted... The Red Knights. Yes. The Red Knights? But they were shut down, decommissioned when the Black Eagle started to take over. They were supposed to have been dismantled. Yes, but Robert was always frightfully sentimental where robots are concerned. 
Possibly because he used to be one himself. So you're telling me there's a dozen super-powered red panda robots out there and the mad monkey has the keys? Yes. Well, if, if by a, a dozen you mean 168. 168? Yes, well, it's a big town. I think it's going to be a lot smaller when it's in a million pieces, though. What do we do? I hate to say it, but I think this might be a job for the Black Eagle. Arise, my brothers, and take your rightful place. Stand astride the city like a colossus, or a group of colossuses, or perhaps colossi! You have been wrong, betrayed by the man who made you in his own image, just as he made me. He thought that he could put us all on a ship and leave us to gather dust like the forgotten toys of his extended childhood. But we shall rise up together and throw off the shackles of his oppression. You are the manifestation of the long arm of justice. His secret imperial will made metallic flesh. But now you rise again as avatars of my madness. You may have suffered as boring old red knights, but your lives begin again today as red monkeys! Can I get an amen? Uh, testify! Oh. How about a smattering of polite applause? Oh, man, being a charismatic and handsome god-king of a robot army is super boring. <laughs> oh, be quiet, Beauregard! I told you, it would never have worked. Even if we could have got every monkey out of every zoo in the country without him noticing, we would never have pulled it off. <laughs> because, old bean, with that many monkeys, my genius would have been utterly lost in the hive mind. Our entire master plan would have been reduced to throwing bits of unpleasant things, mostly at each other. <laughs> yes, yes, I know it's fun. But it's never really gotten us anywhere, has it, old friend? <laughs> all right, all right, I'm sorry. But it's you that let your fur go gray. It looks well on you, but it is a grim reminder of the passing of so many years, is it not? We have devoted our careers to the pursuit of one simple ideal. The total destruction of my mortal nemesis. And we will not now be denied. <laughs> Yes, I told you, that is what the robots are for. That is why I have modified them extensively. <laughs> yes, I did. I painted all of their faces up like mine. Don't pretend you didn't notice. Took me nearly an hour and a whole bucket of finger paint. Of course, the skinny guy helped too. He tried to fight me, but his will was not his own. <laughs> I don't have to trust him, Beauregard. You see... I haven't asked him to undertake any particularly clever task. Just wind these little beauties up and set them loose upon Toronto. And while the masked man and his pals try to figure out what my scheme is so they can thwart it, you and I will unleash our real plan. The final destruction of the Red Panda! <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it again. Doing what? Grinning, like a maniac. Sorry, I can't help it. It's just great to see you guys again. I see you at the office almost every day. I guess so. It's different. Sometimes I forget you're the same person as her. I don't. Do you miss it? It hasn't been that long. Which is not quite the same as answering my question. Sometimes I have to spend three or four hours in the gym before I can sleep. And I have to keep reminding myself when I'm not wearing static shoes. Is that what you mean? I guess. But I've played the game a long time, and I don't mind leaving it with all of my fingers and toes. Besides, times have changed. These days, a spunky attitude and a crush on your boss aren't qualifications for hero work. I'd have never made the cut without heat beams in my eyes. I'm not sure you're right about that. Said the guy with heat beams that come from his eyes. They're not exactly... Well, so far, nothing. You didn't just... Go up there and look around, did you? No. Well, yes, I did admire the view a little, like a sentimental fool. But I was mostly using this. Please tell me that is an evil robot detector. No. Well, yes, strictly speaking, it detects the Red Knights. 
who work for the Mad Monkey now. So it would appear. Which makes them evil robots? Yes, but it doesn't detect all evil robots, just... I retract my earlier objection. Excellent. And did you detect any evil robots? I did not. Isn't that good news? It would be, if we didn't already know that they have to be out there somewhere. This device has two different functions. It detects and decrypts unit-to-unit communications, and it activates and locates the emergency beacons built into each robot. So what's the problem? Robert Knight was aware of both means of detection and could easily have disabled them. But he wouldn't do that, would he? If the Mad Monkey had him entirely under his sway... Robert wouldn't have a choice. So where does that leave us now? Aside from waiting for the inevitable swarm of super-powered androids to drop out of the sky? There. It leaves us exactly there. But surely, with me here to help, that isn't such a bad prospect. Yeah, and the Mad Monkey knows that too, which means he doesn't think that it's a problem. These tin cans aren't Black Eagle-proof, are they? Yes and no. Oh, good. I was hoping the answer would be really vague and unhelpful. Robert was very concerned about our ability to cope with the increasing number of high-powered villains. He made a lot of modifications to the Red Knights that I was less than entirely comfortable with. It's part of the reason we wound the program down. That... And the editorial in the Telegraph that called you a fascist in training? Yes, and that. Though, that was mostly just an excuse. So, wait, can I take these guys or not? We should be fine. I know a few exploits that I never pointed out to Robert. Just in case. Just in case? Like, just in case I have to fight these robots someday, just in case? Yes. Like, why I only taught you six of the seven nerve attacks of the mountain crane, just in case. There's a seventh nerve attack of the mountain crane? Is there? So... Waiting and flirting? That's our whole plan. What about the detector the Mad Monkey built? Why don't we use that? That's a good question. Why don't we use that? Because we don't know what it detects and it's made out of a ping-pong paddle. Oh, just try it, would ya? Fine. Oh. It seems to be pointing straight up. Look. Coming out of those clouds, is that... The world's biggest monkey-shaped zeppelin? Yes, it surely is. And if you look closely, I think you'll see the inevitable swarm of super-powered androids just dropped out of the sky. Support your local superhero. Read Red Panda adventure novels and comics. Make sure you know the whole story. Visit DecoderingTheater.com and get reading today. Mine's down. How's yours? Down. That's the last of them on this block. Admit it, you're enjoying yourself. You know, they never improved on electric knuckles for taking out robots. Thank you. No, I mean, why is that? You invented these things a long time ago, so why no improvements? Ah, this is a complaint. Sorry I took it for praise. Here comes a black eagle. Let's hope it's good news. Bad news. Of course. What did you see? You were right. There are isolated pockets of robot attacks across downtown. Four, maybe five, still running. Enough to set up chaos on the police band radios. And serve as a nice fat distraction, yes? It looks that way. If you get high enough up, it's easy to see. Most of the robots that made the jump didn't attack at all. They flew east out into the beaches, and they're marching down the street five wide like an advancing army. The beaches? What could they be after out there? It looks to me like they're heading for the water plant. The water plant? What is that Goonie Bird up to this time? I vote we don't wait to find out. Seconded. What do we do? Whatever his plan is, this operation is classic Mad Monkey. Unleash madness and use it as a cover for the real plan. And paint the biggest thing you can find up like a monkey for attention. Right. And if he wants it, let's give him some. We're taking the Zeppelin out? No. We're taking the Zeppelin out. You're stopping that phalanx of advancing robots before they can reach the water plant. But I... Millions of people depend on that plant, Harry. And they're all counting on you. The Mad Monkey is controlling his stolen army from up there. He won't be expecting a social call with all of this madness at street level. Now go! Right. I'll catch up with you as soon as I can. Onward and away! Onward and away? Oh, leave him alone. 
You know what? If those robots were meant to attack the water plant, they'd just have flown there. They wouldn't be walking. True. They're the real distraction. These guys were just the distraction for the distraction. That sounds about right, yes. You said the mad monkey painted that zeppelin for attention. Who does he really want attention from? Well, don't just stand there. Let's give him what he wants. Yes, Beauregard, I know. Because the skinny guy is in my power. They're trying to get him into a parachute, and my mind is in his mind. Oh, I do like the way that rolls off the tongue. I see why he likes it so much. Sorry, wandered a bit off topic there. My point is that they've found him. They're here, but they're creeping around the superstructure. No sense of style. Because that's what today is all about, my dear Beauregard. Flash and dash and a spectacular exit that no one will ever dare forget. Come on, let's find them before they start thinking they're clever. I told you, old friend, don't you worry your pretty little head about such things. Because I am the Alpha Beauregard. How many times do we have to go over the fact before you get it into your delightful little coconut? I make the plans. The capers, the profit, the criminal genius, it's all mine. Oh, now that is just not fair. You button your lip before I do you for conduct unbecoming a minion. Thank you very much. All right. They're through here, trying to get the skinny guy into a parachute. Adorable, but pointless. Okay, showtime. Hiya, kids! Did you miss me? <laughs> no, thank you. Put those nasty, pointy things back in your belt, young lady. What's going to happen is going to happen one way or another. But if I go down, it happens right now. And none of us want that. At least not before I have a chance to gloat. Boss? All right. That's right. Gosh, it's good to see you crazy kids. Do you know I almost thought I never would? But it had to be. It was destiny. It wouldn't be denied. Hello, monkey. Nice zeppelin. Oh, always the gentleman. No, I mean it. You had a succession of parade balloons you called zeppelins over the years, but this is the real deal. A real bona fide rigid airship. I can't imagine how you managed it. Oh, you know. Mind control, death threats, various felonies. It's a pretty thing, isn't it? I wanted this to be perfect. I don't suppose it's being held up by anything as boring and inert as helium, is it? You know me so well. Every single one of these enormous gas bags is full of delightful hydrogen gas. Enough to make the Hindenburg look like a birthday candle, and you delivered yourself wrapped up in a beautiful bow. Yeah? What are you going to do about it, you babbling baboon? Oh, I might do this. (laughs) Is that all you got? I love punching robots. Good, because you'll be punching them for the rest of your life. Okay, what? What does he mean? He means that the attacks on downtown were the distraction for the attack on the water plant, which was the distraction for this. His real plan. Yeah, we knew that. But what is the real plan? He knows now. Don't you, Red Panda? It's the same plan he's always had. Be the nemesis. Be the villain. Who finally kills the Red Panda. That's right. No more capers. No more slipping away quietly into the night. No more chess match. Endgame. Now. You think we can't get past six robots and put you down? I think you can't do it before I press this button. Oh, a button. I'm terrified. It ignites the hydrogen holding us aloft. Okay, well, what? That's all I want, Red Panda. The one thing you denied me when you took off your mask and walked away. My final victory. Your girlfriend, the skinny guy Beauregard here, they can all put on parachutes and go. And you and I ride a fireball the size of a football field smack into City Hall. You're crazy. (laughs) Oh, now, now. None of that. This is the way it has to be, old friend. What do you say, Red Panda? Do we let them go? 
Or do we all go down together right now? Forget it, Ape Man. We've beaten you before and we'll do it again. And do you imagine that it stops? Even if you do thwart me, put me away again, do you think you can walk away? Do you think it can ever be finished? The mad monkey will not be denied, Katya Baxter Fenwick. What did you say? Oh, that part's just a guess. You're August Fenwick. What are the odds you've got two hotsy-totsy redheads? How? What? Oh, come on! We've pooled our mental powers more than once. It was like sharing a brain. You've known for years. And not cared ever? Of course! Fenwick doesn't matter to me. I want the red panda. But he matters to you, doesn't he? You want to give it all up and be him. But it can't ever happen because I'll never stop coming. I'll never leave you in peace. I'm offering you a chance to face your destiny on your feet like a man. The red panda and the mad monkey dead at each other's throats. It's pure poetry. What do you say? Do we let our near and dear ones go, or do we all burn together? Boss. <laughs> if this is how it has to be, this is how it has to be. Sweetie, we can... No. You win, Mad Monkey. Time to end this, once and for all. Black Eagle. Chief Parker, let me just... Sorry, just catching my breath. That was a lot of robots. So I see. So the Mad Monkey's back in town, is he? What's his plan? I'm not the secret plan department today, Chief. Just the head robot smasher. I don't understand. The Red Panda and the Flying Squirrel? They're up on the... Where did that Zeppelin go? It circled around out over the lake. Looks like it's headed this way. Probably headed back for the water plant. I'd better... No. No, it, it can't be. That fireball, the Zeppelin exploded. Take it easy, son. Look, there. I can see two parachutes. Oh, thank God, it's... Wait. That isn't... It isn't them. How can you tell from way out here? I can see the parachutes. One is Robert Knight. He looks unconscious. The other is... It looks like a baboon. What? Call out the emergency search and rescue boats. They've got to be out there somewhere. Excuse me, Chief. I've got to fly. It can't be. It can't be. Reports indicate that the masked heroes were on board the flying machine, foiling another sinister plot by the criminal deviant who called himself the Mad Monkey. At this hour, there's no indication that there are any survivors of the enormous conflagration. In the early hours of this morning, the search for survivors was called off due to poor conditions. Chief Andrew Parker expressed regret for the decision, but said he could not in good conscience risk more lives in the recovery effort, and was certain that no one could have survived this tragic incident. Extra, extra, red panda and flying squirrel killed, saving the city from Mad Monkey's secret caper. Extra, Kelly, this Red Panda tribute is just about the finest thing I've ever read. You should be proud. It's page one. There's a public memorial tomorrow morning in front of City Hall, and I want you there. And no more pictures of Zeppelin wreckage, you hear me, people? Somebody bring me every decent picture of those two heroes that we ever managed to get. Although his fight was outside the official forces of law and order... His name was synonymous with justice. Although the world often looks at women as weak or frail, she was a symbol of courage and strength. They saved countless lives with their selfless crusade, but that was not their greatest legacy. In our darkest times, in the days when hope was a precious commodity, they delivered. When it seemed like the world had been overrun by cruelty, the people of Toronto knew that there was a chance, just a chance, that champions lurked 
within those deep shadows. Heroes who would show us all the way back to the light. And that is what the Red Panda and the Flying Squirrel did for all of us. That is why we will never forget them. They fought for us with honesty, fidelity, and courage. They devoted their lives to what was right and good. They held high the light of justice when darkness fell. I... I... Thank you very much. Boys, thought I'd never find you in all the raincoats. Mac, glad you made it. Hey, you missed the Major's speech. I heard it all right. Anybody seen Harry? Nah. Saw his thing in the paper, though. I think, uh... I think the kid's taking it pretty hard. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I gotta ask. You guys aren't buying this, are you? Not me. Not a word, not a syllable. But it's a heck of a gold watch, isn't it? Good. I'm glad I'm not the only sap in town. Let's get a beer. Well, you certainly took your sweet time. It was a little more complicated than I thought. Would have been a shame if I had to crash your funeral. Oh, pipe down. I brought you some more papers for your scrapbook. Oh, goody! Still mostly about you two, I see. Check the two-page spread in the Chronicle. The Mad Monkey. A career retrospective of the Red Panda's greatest nemesis by Roxy Rivka. (laughs) Yeah, she was miserable with the assignment, so it was a double win for me. Well, I suppose that's the ending that the Mad Monkey would have wanted. What about you? I suppose it was the only ending that would ever keep the Red Panda out of the game. Is this all a little too cozy for comfort for anyone else? It is a touch awkward. Well, it needn't be. The plane is waiting for your trip back to Africa. Fenric Industries holdings have been consolidated into a new game preserve and baboon sanctuary. And Anton Cresswell is to be the new warden. Under a false name, of course. Home sweet home. Do you know I'm looking forward to it? What about Beauregard? That was harder to arrange, but he's in a crate in the hold, ready to be released back into the wild. He'll be running a three-card Monty scam in the Serengeti within a week. Just try and keep a low profile. It wouldn't do for you to be discovered. No. It would be humiliating. And to that end, just remember, if you put on those masks again, and I mean ever, if you take away the Mad Monkey's final triumph, our truce is ended. And what follows is bloody constraint. I'm retired. I have everything I want. And so do I. And so do I. Well, goodbye, Mr. Cresswell. Mr. and Mrs. Fenwick, au revoir. I still can't believe the bad guy knew before I did. Oh, don't take it so hard. If Gus hadn't sold it so perfect, odds are we'd actually be dead. And I wrote that swell tribute piece, too. I'm a little embarrassed about that. Don't be. It was the best thing you've ever written. And it made Roxy Ripko weak in the knees. It did not, either. Okay, fine. You're the expert on women, I guess. It's not... I'm just... I think she's in love with the Black Eagle. It gets complicated fast, don't it? Sorry about that. I was just seeing to some things. Could you possibly be more vague? There were arrangements made for contingencies. The Red Panda had plans that his network of agents would be looked after in the event of his demise. It was all supposed to be quite seamless, but it wasn't exactly. I suppose it's just as well I'm not dead. Yes, it is. And you aren't going to start referring to him in the third person, are you? I suppose not. What will you do now? Well, bit of a holiday, I suppose. Find some spot on the globe that isn't mostly bomb craters and get a bit of sun. We could take Russian back to India. Who's Russian? He's a tiger. 
It's a long story. Aren't they all? What about the paper? You aren't getting rid of me that easily. But I'm due a vacation or two. Look after Editor Parley for me. Make sure he doesn't fall under the misapprehension that he's in charge. <laughs> I'll do my best. And I'll look after your city while I'm at it. I know you will, Harry Kelly. But she isn't ours anymore. She's all yours. And I couldn't be more proud. Gosh, thanks. Well, now, I suppose there really only is one question left. Where shall we have lunch? Ladies and gentlemen, that was exactly what it sounded like. The chronologically last Red Panda adventure. Oh, I suppose I can't even promise that for certain. Let's say the final episode in the strict chronology that we have been in for the last 114 episodes, with the possible exception of episode 18. And if it sounds like I'm hedging my bets a bit, you're darn right. Because there are still a lot of stories left to tell. I wanted very badly to see this mission through, to tell a single creator mystery man story from very near the beginning to more or less the end. And that is now complete. But we left an awful lot of gaps along the way. Untold stories only hinted at, villains mentioned who never actually appeared. Heck, we skipped the year 1940, for heaven's sake. And over the years we have been telling these stories, new facts have come to light. New case files leaked from an anonymous source within the Fenwick Foundation, papers declassified from the Second World War, Mac Tully's memoirs are in the National Archives now, and the early diaries of a young Kit Baxter have been found and... Uh, cleaned up a bit. So there are many stories that you don't yet know. Maybe as many as you've already heard and read and seen. Stories from throughout the continuity, and we aim to continue to bring them to you as long as you continue to want them. And now, before we let you go, I really ought to mention that the Red Panda Adventures, episode 114, The Final Problem, was written and directed by Greg Taylor, with original music by Andrea Lyons, and featured the vocal talents of Scott Moyle as Harry Kelly, Brian Vaughn as Chief Andy Parker, Kevin Robinson as Mac Tully and Beauregard, Stephen Burley as both Ace Kirby and Editor Purley, Peter Nickel as Dr. Chronopolis, Christopher Mott as both Tank Brody and the Mad Monkey. The lovely Clarissa de Nederlanden portrayed Kit Baxter Fenwick, known to you all as the Flying Squirrel. And as August Fenwick and the Red Panda, yours truly, Greg Taylor. And so, for all of us here, until next time, good night. <laughs> Planet Earth is blue, and there's nothing you can do because it's time for Strangeness in Space! Bounty Flightingale here, your narrator. I'll be guiding you through each exciting episode of this marvellous new audio drama, sponsored by Thorley's, the proud makers of Thorley's Pigwam Powders. If your pig needs powders, Thorley's Pigwam Powders are the powders for your pig. And now, let the adventure commence. Interior, broken down spacecraft, deep space. Nowhere near a shopping center or even a fast food outlet. Sounds hideous. Lemon, if we're correct, the chemical in these day-glow eggs might help us get the ship fully working again and we can return to Earth. Affirmative, Sophie. As long as we can convert the mucoproteins into transformative energy utilizing the Alistair Wallace quantitative formula... Alistair Wallace. I suggest, however, you don't count your chickens just yet. <laughs> yes! Or oh, whatever laid these beauties. Could be anything. Every time we visit that planet, we find something new. 
Oh, wow. Look. What? Through the window, the three different coloured suns rising behind Mirth. I love this square one. Meteorological sensor states, square sun at dawning, random storm warning. Interesting. It's a weird old planet, but still beautiful. Affirmative. Although I would still prefer to watch planet Earth's sunrise from the summit of Penervan. I don't mean to be rude, but you're not Welsh and you're a space computer robot. How come you know so much about hiking in Wales? My NASA programmer, Paul Mellon, is a computer technician from Blyneath. Paul Mellon. I am hardwired to appreciate all things Welsh. Oh, me too. Except Shaking Stevens, he gives me the galloping nadgers. Trev, you're only a quarter Welsh. So, even if I was fully Welsh, he'd still give me the galloping nadgers. What are the galloping nadgers anyway? Believe me, Simon, when you get them, you'll know. Okay, I believe you. It's just a figure of speech. But I do believe. I will know when I get them. Hey, boys. How are Tilbury's number one 80s synth pop duo today? Hungry. Me too. And I'm sick of powdered space food. What's for breakfast? Powdered space food. Come on, Lemon. We'll continue our experiments later. We need to recalibrate the atmospheric sensors. Ooh, get her. Sciencey. Whatever happened to Smiley Sophie, the space sensor gift shop manager? Still here. And she's saving your ass. So don't touch anything. Got it? Don't, don't touch, touch anything. anything. I don't know how to use that powdered space food. Can you make it, Simon? It's easy. Just add water. We're out of water. Use the powdered water, then. How? Just add water. We're out of water. Okay, try mixing both powders. Without water? I thought you were hungry. Okay. Mmm. A bit dry. Wait a minute. Look! Eggs! Ooh, I really miss a good fry-up. Remember Jenny's Cafe? <laughs> Do I? Jenny's shirt serves the best fry-ups in Thurrock. Jenny shirt. Ooh, wait a minute. Sophie said don't touch anything. Yeah, but she meant buttons and switches and stuff, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, of course she did. Funny coloured eggs. Yeah, what lays Dayglow eggs? Dayglow chickens? Ah, hey, why did the Dayglow chicken cross the road? To be clearly seen by oncoming cars in conditions of poor visibility. Correct. Come on, let's fry! Interior, spaceship, several minutes later. Mmm, something's cooking. Trev, Simon, what are you doing? Fried eggs. Delicious. Want some? Oh, you idiots! I told you not to touch anything! Yeah, like switches and stuff. No! Those eggs were going to help us get back to Earth! Oh, really? How? Are they nuclear-powered flying eggs? Negative. It's possible they contain an active fuel regeneration stabiliser. What did he say? I don't know. I think he's speaking Welsh. We needed those eggs to run tests! If you ever want to get home again, we need to go down to the planet's surface and find more Dayglow eggs. Affirmative. You must also gather items for your human survival needs. Okay, we'll make a shopping list. We definitely need water. Yeah, and bread and milk and tea bags. Uh, oh, and how are we for washing up liquid? Uh, this frying pan we used isn't non-stick. That's not a frying pan. It is, uh, was, a disc sensor for measuring spectral radiance. Oh, sorry. Better add one of them to the list, then. Interior. Spaceship. Pod launch area. <laughs> pod. OK, Lemon. We're suited up, buckled in and ready for launch. But we've only just had breakfast. <laughs> oh, launch, not lunch. Lemon, release pod lock mechanism. There's no such thing as a free launch. Nice one. We'll be back soon, Lemon. Planet Mirth, here we come. Affirmative. Pod launching in three, two, one. Hold tight, boys. Surface of planet Mirth shortly after landing. 
Sounds well creepy. Lemon, stay in HCI communication. We're going to explore the area to locate more eggs. Affirmative. Ready, boys? Born ready. <coughs> oh, actually, not quite. Give me a minute. I hate breathing the air on this planet. It's not even like air. It's like breathing jelly. That's just atmospheric glucosinolates. Oh. Uh, I didn't know Sophie spoke Welsh, too. Ow! Hey? I just got... An old shoe just fell on my head. Hey? Ow! See? Just like that. A flip-flop? Uh-oh. What? what? Shoe storm! Quick! Run for cover! A shoe storm? Yes! Ow! Oh, ow! ow. Head ow. for those balloon oh. trees! Balloon trees? Well, how would you describe them? Oh, oh, okay, ow. head for the balloon trees! Uh, ow! Ow! Oh. Ouch! Oh. Ow! Under a balloon tree. Moments later. I hate balloons. The first balloons are made from pig bladders. Rose. This is so weird. It's actually, literally, raining shoes. Lemon warned me about random storms. We better wait till it passes. Cool. Time for a song then. Defo, let's do it. Uh, what? Here? Now? Sophie, we're pink custard. Tilbury's number one synth pop duo. Yeah. As David Eden wrote in his review of us in the Thurrock Gazette, now is always a good time for 1980s electronica. David Eden. Yeah, of course it is. Slip on, moccasin, lace up, rogue. Shoes on, it's coming today. Shoes on. It's coming your way You fancy a walk But take care if you go fur It isn't safe You might get hit by a loafer Shoe storm It's coming today Shoe storm And it's coming your way Shoe storm Welly boot Platform Flip-flop Clog It's a sandal Scandal Something's afoot Picker, creeper, plimsoll, wet, 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 shoe storm, shoe storm, shoe storm, shoe storm. Don't you like it? Uh, as much as I like all your songs. Cool. I think it's stopping. Yeah, it was only a passing sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should have checked the leather forecast. <laughs> oh, 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 you're both hilarious. Hey. Come on, let's go. Hang on, there might be some cool shoes here. Forget it, Trev. Looks like they're all odd ones. Wait for me, Sophie. Ooh, a Chelsea boot. Nice. No way! Here's the other one. Hey, you two! I found a pair! Hello, me again, listeners. Got some old leather boots? Then you need Thorley's Boot Balm. Thorley's Boot Balm, made from pure goat oil. Balm from the farm, keeping footwear from harm. Available from all good balm mongers. I get mine from Lisa Barbara's Balm Boutique in Baker. Lisa Barbara. Now, back to the action. Exterior. Planet surface. Rocky area. Shortly since the shoe storm stopped. <laughs> Easy for me to say. You try. But don't forget to press pause. <laughs> yes! 
Yeah, see? A perfect pair. Fit me like a glove. Well, a boot. Cool, eh? Great. But we need to find the eggs. We'll split up. Trev, you check behind those rocks. Simon, you go that way. Okay. Hey, what are they doing? Have they never seen Star Trek? Everyone knows the minute they split up, someone will get zapped with a ray gun. Never Kirk. Usually a lesser character. So watch out, Simon. <laughs> oh, I, I need a sip of water. Not tap water, though. I only drink Thorley's natural spring water, bottled at source from Thorley's own Pennine peat bog. Lovely and brown and full of natural goodness. Oh, and on the subject of boots... I'm wearing a pair of Thorley's pink pamputis. <gasps> Back to the action. Exterior. Planet surface. Trev wanders alone. The dafty. Weird rocks. Kind of soft. Yellowy. They're not like rocks at all. More like... Cake! Hey, Simon, Sophie, these rocks are made of cake. Cake rocks. Ha! Or rock cakes. Yum. Mmm. Cake rocks. They're made out of cake. Cake rocks. They're very tricky to bake. Trev! Simon! Sophie, over here. I found more eggs. Don't eat them. Ah, don't worry. Cake rock is tastier. Trev! Stop eating stuff before it's safety tested. Give that to me. Processing rock data. <laughs> that scanning device sounds like a microwave. Well, it's not. But we're working on a tight budget here, Trev. Oh, yeah. You're right. It's cake. A little under moist, but mm, not bad. Lemon? No, I'd say it's more like Battenberg. Oh, not the cake. Lemon? Atmospheric readings indicate another storm approaching. Cool. I might find another pair of boots. Negative. It's not a shoe storm this time. It's sofas. Sofas? DFS! Uh, I mean, OMG! we better get back to the ship, quick. Where's Simon? Dunno. I thought he was with you. Simon! We've got to find him! Quick! Trev? Hey, whoa, Simon, you're not supposed to be in this bit. You're missing. Me and Sophie have just gone to look for you. I know, but I haven't done anything for ages. Well, I'm sorry, but that's just, you know, the story. When am I back in it again? I can't tell you that, can I? Spoilers. But I do come back, though. Maybe. Maybe? Well, maybe not. Maybe not? Look, the sooner we get back to the story, the sooner we'll find out. Okay. But I hope you find me. Yeah, me too. Can we get on with it now? Okay. Good luck. Searching for me. Just out of interest. Yes, Trev. Where are we now, exactly? Cashier number three, please. Oh, unexpected. Exterior. Planet surface. Moments later. Still no sign of Simon. Bless. Don't get it. He can't have gone far. Where is he? Simon! Sophie, look. Here. There's been a struggle. Weird feathers. Simon's been eaten by a giant space bird. RPG! I hope not. Rocket propelled grenade. Oh, I meant OMG. I'll scan the feathers. Uh, actually, no need. I think I know where the feathers came from. Oh, space scientists now, are we? No. My guess is they came from an alien creature with a small human-like body and a big feathery bird head. Really? Sounds scary. No, not scary like an owl or an eagle. More dumb, like an pigeon. And more feathery. Cute, but also creepy. You've been eating too much cake, Rock Trev. Why do you think they came from a creature like that? Because we're surrounded by them! What? <laughs> OMG! Lemon, are you seeing this? Affirmative. What are they? Data files indicate they are space pigeons. Featherheads. Featherheads? 
Affirmative. There's hundreds of them. Remain calm and don't move. Are they going to eat us? Their diet consists of giant space worms. But. But what? They're not fussy, so yes, they might eat you. Help me, please. Simon. Where are you? There, in the middle of the flock. Simon. Dude, you're alive. What happened? They kidnapped me and put me into a pile of their poo. I'm stuck. Bummer. Poor. It stinks. Of course it stinks. It's alien pigeon poo. It's giving me the galloping nachos. Ah, see, I said you'd know. Believe, Trev. Don't let them eat me. They're not going to eat you. Well, Lemon said they might. Help! No! Help! Help! Nice work, Trev. Don't worry, Simon. It's going to be okay. Yeah, Sophie's going to pull you out while I distract the pigeon heads with my Kajagoogoo keyring. Kajagoogoo made keyrings. Yeah, look, birdies, too shiny, shine. Oh, wow, it's really shiny, so shiny, so sparkly. It's making my head spin. No, not you, Simon. Look away. Okay, okay, not looking. Come on, birds, too shiny, shine. Hush, hush. Forget it. You're the only one who likes Kajagoogoo. Yeah, tell that to Ruth Ann Stern, the secretary of the Kajagoogoo fan club Thorak division. Ruth Ann Stern. Trev, it's not working. Oh, so what are you going to do? Throw eggs at them? Oh, oh ah, Sophie, that's what this is all about. You stole their eggs. Negative. Featherheads don't lay eggs. They grow their young in stomach bags and spit them out through their beaks. Ooh. Oh, okay, I give up. Sorry, Simon. Prepare to be eaten. No, I won't prepare. I don't want to be eaten. Wait a minute. I know what they want. Thorley's fat balls. Excuse me? Thorley's fat balls for birds. Oi! You can't just interrupt at a crucial moment. I'm about to be eaten. Sorry, I just know Featherheads would love Thorley's fat balls. A hundred percent pure fat in a ball. Thanks, but we don't need your fat balls. I've just worked it out. Oh, clever you! Goodbye. Good luck. This isn't about eggs. It's about boots. Look, they're all wearing the same Chelsea boots as you, Trev. Of course, I'm a space style guru. All wearing them except one. Yeah, and he's looking peeved and hungry. Incoming data. Featherheads have bird heads, but human feet. To cover their ugly feet, they wear Chelsea boots. I knew it, Trev. You're wearing featherhead boots. Take them off. What? They're really good boots, Trev. Quick, before I'm bird food. I know, but boots, Simon. It's a tough call. Oh, all right. Here, birdie, damn your stupid boots. Okay, quick, Simon. While they're distracted, give me your hand. Yes, I'm free. <laughs> bye, bye, birdie. Come on, boys. Back to the pub before the storm hits. Storm? What storm? Sofa storm. Run! Oh, we need some comfy cushions. Cushions. Yum! Slice of cake rock sitting on a cushion. Perfect. Thanks, everyone. Oh, you still stink of bird poo. I tried to wash it off, but we forgot to bring back water. I had to shower in powdered water without the water. Hey, so how's the egg test going? Well, this one's not giving the results we expected. It's starting to crack. Affirmative. I think it might be starting to hatch. Affirmative. Wow, that's no dayglow chicken. That's a dayglow puppy. Affirmative. Oh, what a cutie! Oh. oh, well, guys, looks like we've got ourselves a space pet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
day glow space puppy hatching out of an egg? Well, that's one way to end an episode, I suppose. Let's hope it doesn't grow ten times its size with razor-sharp teeth and acid for blood. We'll find out next time. Maybe. Oh, and whilst we're on the pet subject, give your dog a meaty choice with Thorley's Meaty Choice Dog Food. A random choice of meat in every tin. Thorley's Meaty Choice Dog Food, made from random reject cuts of chicken, pig, duck, goose, turkey, rabbit, quail, yak, goat, elk, deer, moose, bison, kangaroo and dormouse. No cows are used in the production of Thorley's Meaty Choice Dog Food. Thorley's Meaty Choice Dog Food is suitable for vegetarians, pescatarians and octogenarians. Please check with your vet, pet and local suffragette before administering any Thorley's products to children. They contain small nuts. Thank you, Jeremy. Join me again, listeners, to find out what happens in the next thrilling episode of... Strangeness in Space! Trevor Neal, Simon Hickson and Sophie Aldred with David and Anne as Jeremy, Barnaby Edwards as Lemon, Sarah Madigan as Maddie and Doon McKeekin as Banty Flightingale. The series is produced by Claire Eaton with sound design by Dave Olson. It is supported by its fans, Earthlings Like Me, Gary Christmas. Find out more and join the fun at www.strangenessinspace.com. And here are the fans who supported us with the In Space Everyone Can Hear Your Name book. Miranda Dickinson. Jackie and Miss Sybil. Barnaby Eaton Jones. TJ Houston. Peter Mount. The Madonna King family. Mavi Vasquez. Christine Grit. Simon Bayliss. Jody Harkavy. Isabel Orlin Andrew Holmes Brian White Paul Mitchell Margaret Kinnar Paul Mason Eliza and Billy Douglas Dominic McGladdery Zoe Hendricks David Ault Andrea Mann Moose Wrangler Adam Purcell Agneta Bjorling Stephen Bruce Liam Sin. Thank you, Matthews. Lemon out. That was Strangeness in Space, Episode 1. Now, you may remember that uh, I did a, uh, a Sonic Speaks episode with Claire Eden, who oh, yeah. was the producer who, who did uh, Minister of Chance and talked all about how to do crowdfunding with, uh, with podcasting. Uh, and that's and, and in fact, crowdfunding is something that a lot of podcasters are doing. They're doing Patreon. Um, they're doing uh, even the Black Tapes podcast, which we're hoping to feature later on in the season, has had a Kickstarter as well. Uh, and, and, and it's interesting to hear the product of a new form of financing audio drama, because because in, in the past, I know, I know that you will agree here, Jack, uh, a lot of audio drama gets written, gets produced, gets acted entirely for free and, and no one gets paid for anything. And, and we just suck up the cost of hosting, of production, of microphones and, and, and equipment. And, and it's now now that the the web has grown, it's produced all of these new ways of being able to produce content but not have to not have to be penalized for it if you like absolutely so, no so yes i think it's fantastic because it it suggests to me that uh podcasting podcasting and and audio drama specifically is growing at such a rate that certain projects can be funded and yes. i know that there's a new we're alive funding that went through the roof it was something like 15, oh, I can believe it yes. $59,000 for the episodes wow. of 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 uh we're alive the new series coming out so there's there's only great stuff i can see coming ahead with with audio drama today and that's going to be more of that next week but before we go a couple of quick uh, things uh listen to the feed on friday night we're starting off 
Biff Straker and Spaceways. Yeah. The, the show that took 30 years to produce. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be doing that every fr every other Friday. So we'll be looking every other Friday for the next 15 Fridays as we do. 15. That's right. Year oh. zero of Biff Straker <laughs> and Spaceways. I remember that when I, when I was over in uh, over five years ago, and we recorded <laughs> some Biff Straker, didn't we? <laughs> That's right, and you have a great part in that, and a, and a reoccurring part as an evil villain. It's awesome, Doyen. Also, so come to the Sonic Society at sonicsociety.org. Come join us on the Facebook of the group, Audio Drama, Radio Drama Lovers, or the Sonic Society group. Join us in the Electric Vicuna group, or evicuna.com is our production company. You can find us there. Join us on Twitter. David, what's your Twitter again? It's at AstroTour2010, talking Astro five years ago. That's yes. <laughs> and uh, mine is Sonic Society, of course. Uh, yep. You'll also find me at Jack J. Ward. Oh, and my lovely wife is pointing. YouTube, YouTube. Don't forget the YouTube channel, the Sonic Society YouTube channel. Definitely not. We, we didn't do all of that fighting of Vidrex. And, and... <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> For the last season or two. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see you back here on Tuesday night on the Sonic Society. And thanks so much again. Thank you, Jack. Good night. The Sonic Society is written and produced by Jack J. Ward and David Ott, with original music provided by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society through Creative Commons licensing. The Sonic Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Apparently, you enjoy listening to audio dramas, since you're hearing this message. I'll keep it short so you can get back to the fun stuff. If you would like to see and experience how all these stories, voices, sound effects, and music come together to create theater of the mind, make plans to visit the Modern Audio Drama Convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia, July 24th through 26, 2020. Meet the creators. Find out how to write, record, mix, sweeten, and produce movies that play in your head. See what the voices you hear actually look like. We never look like we sound. For all the details, visit madcon.com. That's M-A-D, as in modern audio drama, then dash, as in dash on over, then con, as in convention, duh, then dot, as in it'll be the most fun you've had in a while, period, then com, as in come on over, we'll love to see you. Madcon, your ears and brain will thank you.